on a wooden cross where he was nailed to and died in your place, taking your sin, your shame, your guilt. That you would find freedom from your addictions. You would find freedom from the things that hold you in bondage. That you would be transformed and be being transformed until the day when Jesus returns or we die. And in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you are changed forever for good to be the man or the woman that God has always called you to be. Here it comes, brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see. Challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Your word, oh God, your word to me, making me all that I need to be. Your word, oh God, means the world to me, the world to me. Good evening. My name is John, and you're listening to A Word with God, and I'd encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans while we continue to go through God's Word, and we're going through right from Romans chapter 1, verse 1, right to the end of Romans, which, if you ever wanted to know Romans, Stan, you've told me this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you on it. I'm going to believe you. Okay. It's an important book of the Bible in terms of having a real base for theology. Yeah. Is it? Absolutely. Yeah? Good. Yeah. See, I got it right. You got it. Um, so the message, the overall theme of Romans that you've had down is you call it the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. And what's the what's the sort of the tagline to it? Uh, it was just from Paul's perspective of, of the ministry is I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So here is the gospel. Here's what it is. And Paul's disclaimer at the beginning is going like, I'm not ashamed of it. So it's like, step up. Here it is. I'm all in. And, and I'm going to take this right to the wall. Yeah, and part of, I think, the reason why he says that is, as well, is that he's talking to the church in Rome, and he's saying, you know what, I know you might not like this, and I might feel kind of, you know, kind of embarrassed about, you know, having to go through this with you guys, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm just going to tell you, I'm just telling you the way it is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm not making it rain, I'm just telling you that it is raining outside, right? right? Um, so in this particular one, one of the things that you talk about is, and that's in that's in Romans is the idea of sharing the gospel with others, mm-hmm. and you know I guess this is going to sound like a kind of a silly question, but I wanted to ask it anyways, and and that is how important is it in terms of our responsibility um, to help people by sharing the gospel? How important is yeah. it? I, I, well, it's it's kind of like it's like it's like how important is breathing to living? Okay. Okay, it's it's kind of it's like important. it's why God has left you here, yep. why He's allowing the process of change to continue on, has put you in this place that you would be able to give the gospel and be a living example. It's like you know, guys with the sandwich board on that go up and down the street, like mm-hmm. you'd never. I mean, I, I, or the guys in the suit with the flower, uh, or the pizza. And they stand out and they wave in that like hot yep. suit in about like ninety degree. You would, I, I mean, I would starve to death before I did that. Well, maybe not. Maybe I would do it, but I tell you, I'd have to be very hard pressed to have either of those jobs. Mm-hmm. But that's the job that God has given us. Is we're to be a billboard, we're to be a sandwich sign. We we are to dress up in the gospel and be demonstrators of here's what happens when the gospel hits sin. 
and just like a fly swatter on a fly, the gospel hits sin and makes some changes. And, uh, I mean, you, you want to see the changes to a fly when a fly swatter hits it? So that's better be what's happening in your life. When the gospel hits you, there should be some things changing. Yeah. Well, and, you know, sorry to get a little off track, but when you said that, I thought to myself, if I was at a pizza place and they said they're going to give me a free pizza and I had 30 extra minutes to go out there and walk and just yeah, and get yeah, a free pizza, yeah. I might actually do it because <laughs> oh. I, I love free. Free is always good for me. I go to, I've gone to meetings yeah, that yeah. I, I didn't even, I didn't need to go to yeah, just because yeah. they said there was going to be food afterwards. But anyways, <laughs> I, on, on a bit of a side note to that. So when we're talking about the gospel and sharing it, it's important, yes, right? This is. Is, I got this. It is important. Yes. That's the reason why we still have breath yes. and life and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the world continues to turn is because mm-hmm. God wants yeah. as many people to become followers of his right. ultimately for the end destination of being with him forever yeah. in, terms you, of, you, in terms of that relationship. You were not left here to fish and shoot ducks. That's true. So I, I wouldn't use that one, but I'll go with it. Yeah, I wasn't okay. I wasn't meant here just to sit, you know, to, to watch TV or, you know, right. kind of walk around and go, isn't this a beautiful creation that we're in? Right. But now what goes along with that is, is that even though it's a highly relevant part for us, a lot of people don't share regularly in terms of their faith and in yeah. terms of who Jesus is. And part of the reason that I've heard of, again, I'm using reason maybe yeah. a little bit more, a little bit stronger, sometimes it's, it's an excuse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. is because people say uh, they don't know how to and they don't want to get it wrong or they don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. So if they start talking about it, they're not going to know how to effectively mm-hmm. let people know about it. Ask me this. Ask me this. Let me ask you this. Okay. I mean, let's, um, how, explain, tell me, tell me if you're married. I am married. Uh, explain to me how to get married now if you came back and said well i'm really not sure mm-hmm. i would have a hard time believing you were married right because i mean you've done it right you've walked down the aisle you looked into the eyes mm-hmm. you said the words you did what you had to do signed on the dotted line paid the hundred dollars you, you've done the whole thing to get married and so if you have found Jesus, and if you don't know how to find, if you can't explain in simple terms for like a 10-year-old to get, and that's all you have to get to. I mean, 10 may even be beyond what's needed. But if you can't just explain the simple thing of salvation, how do you know you got it? Hmm. How do you know that you indeed have your sins forgiven if you can't articulate it? That's, it's always been, I've, I've, it's eluded me. How you? I mean, am I nervous? Yes. Am I afraid I might make the mistake? I get to make the mistake thing, but then if God's behind it, God's the one who is responsible to connect the dots. The Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit will connect the dots in the person's heart. Right. And uh, and and it's 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 really, as they say, you squeeze a toothpaste to what comes out. Toothpaste. Mm-hmm. You squeeze a Christian. You hang around a Christian, you watch a Christian's life for more than like 30 seconds. I mean, I just did, I said something really stupid to Rebecca the other day. And, and I had, and, and it's kind of like within minutes, I was going, I got to apologize for this because it was just, I was, I was being cranky and it was the end of a kind of a long day. And I was like, I'd had a kind of enough of life. And, and uh, Rebecca's our, my, our engineer is our assistant at the church. And you say engineer, it's not like she built the building. Well, yeah, she's a sound engineer, right. not the engineer of the church, yeah. whoever engineered the church. 
they were in trouble too. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, it, it came out because God's changing me, and I say stupid things. Like, if you want pastors that don't say stupid things, do stupid things, aren't sinful, you need to go to heaven. Yeah, or or if you find them, run. Yeah, because <laughs> there's something wrong. That's right. And uh, and so anyway, that's that's enough of that. Okay. So I mean, the, the real fact of the matter is here is that. It's not that we have to be the most articulate person in the world yeah. to go through it. And, and realistically, some of that has to do with us just talking about our own testimony of it, our yeah. life situation, yeah. what came up in our lives, mm-hmm. and how not only what were, what were we like, mm-hmm. how did that happen, but how that's transformed us. Well, this gets really goofy because I think if I don't have a class, somehow I can't give the gospel. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think it, and some, for some people, it's information overload anyways. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get going through the message, and at the end, if we have some time, we'll go through some more questions. Declare to us who you are. You've declared to the heavens that there is a God. You have declared in your word how to reach you and how to be your child. There's clarity here. There's not ambiguity. There's so many things in our world that are cloudy. There's so many things in our world that are murky that we are thankful that you have not made yourself hidden, but you have declared who you are. And so we come to you this morning and we bow in your presence and we bow our hearts for you desire to live in our hearts. We bow our minds, for you desire to direct our thinking. We bow our spirits, for you desire to be our God. We come this morning, Father, we must confess that our world is a world, our culture is a culture that feels that anything goes. As a people, we hate to be told what to do. As a people, we are stiff-necked, rebellious, self-centered, and absorbed with what's in it for me. We must confess those things to you as we come this morning. For you call us to a place of knowing and being known where we cannot hide. For who can hide from the creator of all things? And so these moments, would this be holy ground, a place where men and women's hearts are laid bare, where your word will go in as a sharp two-edged sword, cutting all the garbage and all the mess out of life, because we need to hear from you. If there's any hope in our country, if there's any hope in our world, it lies with you, for you have entered in and made yourself known. And so we come today, Father, and we give thanks to you. These moments are yours. There's none but the Spirit of the living God welcome here. Only he and he alone. Walk up and down the aisles walk in and out of our hearts and draw us to you. We pray that in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. 
Amen. Last week as we came together, we saw that God calls people. And I don't know if you've heard the call of God in your life, where you have heard clearly in a still small voice in your heart, God calling out to you, reaching out to you, speaking to you in the day-to-day of living. There are many reasons God calls us. He calls us to salvation. He calls us to follow him, and he calls us to enter in to be his men and his women, to minister on his behalf, to enter into our world as his representative. And the call of God goes out day after day, week after week, moment after moment. And if you are tuned to spiritual things, and that's where Paul has taken us over the last few weeks, that when you are attuned to spiritual things, when you are spiritually alive, you will begin to hear the voice of God speaking in your heart, calling out to you. And that is our prayer as a church. That's our prayer as the people of God, that our hearts would be open, our hearts would be uh, malleable, movable, moldable, and that you, the God of the universe, would enter in and begin to change who we are. That is the message of the gospel. That's the promise of God, that God is a God who brings about change. You were not saved. You were not drawn unto him that you would sit in a chair for 55 years and remain the same, going, I don't know. It's just sin. It's just he changed He saved you to change you. He saved you to bring you a new kind of life, not the old kind of life. Because the old kind of life sucked, and if the old kind of life was so great, then what did you do leaving the old kind of life? But God is very clear in his world that the old way of living is empty, that the old way of living is a deficit position. It offers nothing. Satan offers everything and delivers everything nothing in your life and that's why we have responded to him his spirit has spoken to our hearts and somewhere in the depths of our very being we grabbed onto that and said i need to follow you and so we saw last week that there's none of us that deserves god's forgiveness you are not good enough You've not done good enough. There's nothing in and of you that deserves, but God is gracious to you out toward you and that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. While you were still in the old way, while you were still in the old way of living, Jesus went to a cross and died in your place that you would find freedom from sin and new life in Christ. We also saw that we can do nothing in our hardened state. Everybody has a hard heart when they start out. It comes through the fall. It comes through Adam and Eve. We all are spiritually dead. No person is born who is spiritually alive. We are spiritually dead. We all start out in the same position, in the same place. And thirdly, that's by God's grace alone that you have understanding only because of Jesus, because God loves you and is gracious towards you, do you even understand that you have a need? Well, we have a response. Your heart's response to that is either that's not fair, that shouldn't be. I can, it's either against what God is doing or it's going, this is amazing. 
This is wonderful. He loves me. He'll forgive me. He'll take my sin upon himself. It's either one of two responses that are in your heart right now. There are things in life that are clear, and there are things that aren't clear. And Ivan, I tell you, one of the most unclear things was a one uh, summer afternoon, I was on my back patio trying to put a barbecue together that came in a box that had some assembly required. It was not some assembly. The whole thing was in pieces, and I had more bolts and nuts and screws that I knew what to do. When I was done, I still had a bag of stuff left over that I didn't know where it went. And it, it was obviously written by someone who did not know any English because it made no sense. I'm, I'm re- it, was, it was probably created in China or Thailand and translated into English in a way that I had no idea what part went where. Hi, I'm Stan, your radio teacher at A Word With God. And uh, I hope you've kind of picked up over the last few weeks that God never intended us to do this Christian life alone, but he's given us each other to connect, to be accountable to, to be encouraged by. And if you presently don't have a home church, we would love to get to know you and uh, have you check us out. And maybe, just maybe, we'll become family. John, why don't you tell folks how to find us? Yeah, you can find us at 112 Spadina Road West, and that's in Kitchener. And we have two services on Sunday, one at 9 and one at 11.15. Love to see you there. The gospel is crystal clear. In today's passage, Paul wants to let us know exactly, beyond the shadow of a doubt, crystal clear what it is to be a follower of Jesus and what the gospel truly is. He starts off, the first four verses describing this search for God. He begins in verse 1 with a prayer for salvation. Brethren, that's what we are. When we are in Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, everyone else who's a follower of Jesus, you're related to them. We're family. And no matter where we've come from, no matter what color our skin is, how much we make, how much we don't make, how old, how young, how good-looking, how plain we are, we are one in Jesus. We are family. And he says, brethren, my heart's desire, my satisfaction, what I would like to, to see happen, and my prayer to God for them, that's the unbelieving Israel. Last week, we were introduced to this thing that the majority of the nation of Israel had walked away from God. There was only a few, this few called the remnant. And he's saying, remember last week he said, if I could, I would switch places. I would go to hell and allow them to come to Christ if it could happen. And he's saying, can't happen. Doesn't work that way. But I love them so much. And we challenged you last week, who do you love? Who is in your life that doesn't know Jesus? Who is in your life who has not come under the saving power of the gospel? And do you love them so much? Are you so concerned? Has it touched your heart to a place that you are broken for their salvation? He says here that that his desire and his prayer for them is that they would be saved. Well, what do we need deliverance from? That's what salvation is, is to be delivered. And some things that I thought of here is the sin condition. 
What happened with Adam and Eve that every man and every woman is born with sin in their heart. We need salvation from that. We, you don't have to teach a child how to do wrong. You do not have to teach a child how to sin. You don't have to teach a child to say no. You don't have to teach a child to be angry, to throw a fit. Children know in their heart already have a sin nature at work. We need salvation. We need deliverance from that sin condition. Every person is guilty before God, and we have a guilt that needs to be taken care of. We stand before a judge of the universe who is holy, who is immeasurably holy and, and righteous, and we stand before him all guilty, all having sinned, for we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We need deliverance from our guilt. We need deliverance from our shame. That's the human response to that guilt, is there's a shame that comes over us. I have yet to see, and, and I'm sure there are some out there who have hardened, but when I go to court from time to time to help people, I've never seen anybody stand in the box kind of like thumbing their nose at the judge. They stand with their head down because there's a shame over their guiltiness. We need deliverance from our addictions and bondages. Our attempts to be accepted, our attempts to feel complete, our attempts to feel all right. And we fill them with all kinds of addictions, with all kinds of stuff. We're so into stuff in our culture, we're addicted to stuff, we're addicted to so many other things too. But we have, we have so much stuff that we go to other people's yards in the summer and buy their stuff so that in the fall we can go in our yard and put it in our front yard and sell our stuff to somebody else who needs more stuff. We would want stuff and we try to think that if I just, I mean I love bargaining, my wife is just amazing, like she's, she. I go in and, and a person's got five dollars. There's a beautiful blanket. I put five. And I'm going to pay. She said, "No, no, no. I'll give you a dollar for it." Like she'll take it. Like she can get amazing. You need to take her shopping with you. <laughs> we try to fill our hearts with stuff. Sometimes that's chemical stuff. Sometimes that's food stuff. Sometimes that's sex stuff. Sometimes that's well, you can fill in the blank. We fill our heart with stuff. We need deliverance from that. We need deliverance from death because God said in the day that you eat of the fruit of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall die. And there was set into the process that day. And last week we saw that God had every right to take their life right there, right then. And God did not. God had said in scripture last week that he bears the weight of sin in this world. It grieves him. My sin grieves him. Your sin grieves him. The sin of an entire world grieves the heart of holy God. And yet he loves you and he bears with that that he would be able to send Jesus into the world that through him your sin would be paid for on a mount called Calvary on a wooden cross where he was nailed to and died in your place, taking your sin, your shame, your guilt. That you would find freedom from your addictions. You would find freedom from the things that hold you in bondage. 
that you would be transformed and be being transformed until the day when Jesus returns or we die and in the moment in the twinkling of an eye you are changed forever for good to be the man or the woman that God has always called you to be. Man's efforts to find God are uninformed. Verse 2. For since, because I testify, I bear witness, I get on the stand about them, that's unbelieving Israel, they have a zeal for God. And that was true. They served God. They had rules and they had festivals. They sought to please God. But they, 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 they had this zeal to find God as a nation. And they searched for him. And they had this excitement, this fervor. They wanted to earn God's approval, and they wanted to, to went to great lengths to get God's approval. And I don't know about you moms, but I don't know if you've ever had, you, it's not going to be too long, and your son's going to go out thorna, and he's going to be picking. What I used to do is I used to pick blue devil and, and ch like chicory and dandelions. I used to bring bouquets to my mom. I lived on a farm. They were just weeds. But to me, they were beautiful bouquets. I gave them to her so that, that she would be pleased and she would love me. And, and, and it was a present to her. That's Israel. They were picking all the weeds, trying to please God, trying to show him that they loved him. But it was nothing but weeds and emptiness. Stan, I'm glad that we're going to continue for the next couple weeks going through in terms of understanding uh, that we are supposed to, number one, share the gospel. Like you said, that's an yeah. important, very relevant, that's what we're here for. Right. Uh, and then as well, we're going to be going through and, and helping people kind of equip them mm -hmm. through that. And really, mm -hmm. Romans is about that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, again, everyone, thanks for joining us this evening. Next week, we're going to continue going through this, like I said, the gospel of Jesus Christ and, mm -hmm. and really how to, how to share that with others right. and really encouraging you to be able to do that yourselves. Mm -hmm. um, so looking forward to you joining us next week as well. And as always, what I'd say is, remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Here it comes, brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. One pursuit, a challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life.